It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Worker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Wednesday, April 27th, 2022. Coming up this hour. Shares of Google parent Alphabet slump while Microsoft rallies after earnings. European gas prices surge as Russia cuts off supplies to Poland and Bulgaria. And the stock market sell-off wipes away more than $30 billion of Elon Musk's Tesla wealth. The MTA is trying to get New Yorkers to pay their fair share. Plus, House Republican Leader McCarthy will be asked again to testify before the January 6th panel. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stanshower in sports. Anthony Rizzo hit three home runs and the Yankees win over the Orioles. The Mets shut out the Cardinals. The Rangers lost to Carolina. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 99.1 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow, and U.S. stock index futures are rising this morning. We're coming up to 601 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 42 points, Dow futures up 379, and NASDAQ futures up 130. The DAX in Germany is up half percent. The 10-year Treasury down 1230 seconds, yield 2.76 percent, and the yield on the two-year 2.57 percent. NYMEX crude oil up eight-tenths of a percent. Nathan. Well, Karen, we continue to watch the market react. Action to earnings this morning. Shares of Google parent Alphabet are down almost 3% in early trading. The company reported revenue that was less than estimates, a rare miss for Alphabet. Chief Financial Officer Ruth Porat says the lower results stem from the war in Ukraine. In terms of revenues, the most direct impact is the fact that we suspended the vast majority of our commercial activities in Russia. About 1% of Google revenues were from Russia in 2021, and that was primarily from advertising. Alphabet Chief Financial Officer Ruth Parad also says the company suffered from a pullback in YouTube advertising in Europe. 
On the flip side, Nathan, shares of Microsoft are up more than 5% this morning. Sales and earnings topping analyst estimates fueled by robust growth in cloud services. Bloomberg Intelligence senior analyst Anurag Rana said the company can do well even in a tough economic environment. Almost 70 to 75 percent of Microsoft revenue is far more resilient and is in a recession compared to, you know, some other companies. Now, that's a very big number. You know, their office portfolio, the windows, the cloud dynamics, you know, even LinkedIn, which should see some slowdown. But it has been growing in double digits. And Bloomberg Intelligence senior analyst Anurag Rana says Microsoft is poised to be the top company in both the hybrid cloud and metaverse spaces. All right, let's look at some other stocks moving this morning, Karen. Shares of Texas Instruments are down about 3%. The chipmaker says China's ongoing COVID lockdowns are idling factories and slowing shipments. Shares of Visa are up more than 5%. The payments company says spending on its network jumped. And shares of General Motors are higher by 3.5%. The automaker beat estimates for first quarter profit. Join us later this morning. We'll be speaking live with GM CEO Mary Barra. You can catch that interview at 8.45 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Surveillance. Well, Nathan, the bevy of tech earnings continues today with Facebook parent Meta leading the way. And we get a preview from Bloomberg's John Tucker. Meta Platforms has been one of the worst performing stocks this year, and it could get worse. They're facing rising competition and a big obstacle from Apple's iOS changes. That requires app makers to ask consumers to allow tracking. It could cost Meta $10 billion this year. Analysts on average expect Meta to report first quarter earnings of $2.56 a share, down from $3.30 a share a year ago. I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thanks, John. In Europe, shares of Deutsche Bank are down almost 5% after earnings. Higher costs offset better-than-expected performance at its investment banking business. And shares of Credit Suisse are down about two-tenths percent after the Swiss bank reported a bigger-than-expected loss. Back here in the U.S., Nathan stocks begin the day at a six-week low. The S&P 500 lost 2.8% yesterday, while the tech-heavy Nasdaq slumped almost 4%. Alan Lance is research director at LanceGlobal.com. The pendulum always swings from overvalued to undervalued and, and it goes to extremes. I think that's what we're seeing now. Alan Lance of Lance Global says higher interest rates and the war in Ukraine are the biggest factors weighing on stocks. Well, perhaps nobody was affected by yesterday's sell-off more, Karen, than the world's richest man. Let's get the details on that live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Nathan. Elon Musk's stake in Tesla d- tumbled by more than $32 billion after shares plunged by 12% yesterday. But for the world's richest man, this kind of volatility is not new. Sharp declines have periodically hit Tesla's stock over the past two years, and they've been offset by even larger gains. However, this time, more is at stake since Musk is planning to buy out Twitter for $44 billion. He can still afford it based off of Tuesday's closing price for Tesla, but now there's less wiggle room. Meantime, what if the deal falls through? An SEC filing shows the Twitter-Musk deal would include a $1 billion breakup fee if either side backs out. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. Now to the latest on the war in Ukraine. European gas prices are surging as much as 24%. That's after Russia made good on a threat to cut off supplies to Poland and Bulgaria, unless they pay in rubles. Meantime, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin is promising to move heaven and earth to get Ukraine the weapons it needs. Former U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine John Herbst says the U.S. should send fighter jets, longer-range drones, bombers, and tanks. We need to give Ukraine the capability to offset Moscow's large advantage in an open battle, which is what they will conduct in the east of Ukraine. 
Former Ambassador John Herbst is now Senior Director at the Atlantic Council's Eurasia Center. He spoke with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the show weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. Turning to the economy now, we are just one week away from the Fed's latest policy decision when a 50 basis point rate hike is expected. Former Fed Vice Chair Alan Blinder says overall we need to raise rates by at least 200 basis points. He also sees the chance for a recession above 50 percent. Some people are uh, raising the shades of Paul Volcker uh, and the deep recession we had then. I think that's very, very unlikely, extremely unlikely. Former Fed Vice Chair Alan Blinder made those comments on Bloomberg's Balance of Power. Catch that show weekdays at noon Eastern on Bloomberg Radio and Television. And another Fed news, Nathan. The Senate has officially confirmed Lyle Brainerd as vice chair of the Central Bank. The vote was 52 to 43, with most Republicans opposing Brainerd because of her views on regulation. S&P futures are up 42 points this morning. Dow futures up 382, and Nasdaq futures up 133. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. 607 on Wall Street, 48 degrees in Central Park. Still dealing with the closure on the eastbound northern state near exit 40. A truck went into an overpass overnight. We'll get the details on that coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Michael? Thank you very much, Nathan. MTA Chairman and CEO Jenna Lieber says the chronic problem of fare evasion in subways has prompted a new initiative in New York. Lieber, speaking before the Association for a Better New York's Power Breakfast, said that surging fare evasion threatens our bottom line and also threatens our social norms. Lieber also says it causes increased crime. He says many criminals enter the subway by not paying fares. New York City Mayor Eric Adams committed to releasing his tax returns and blamed his widely reported refusal to do so on, as he put it, the arrogance of a reporter who asked the question earlier this month. Meanwhile, Mayor Adams proposed a nearly $100 billion budget, pitching a pandemic recovery with less of the COVID stimulus funds that padded previous spending plans. We have always known that our city would never be defined by the tragedy The spirit of New York City will always prevail. Mayor Adams said he will increase spending for the Department of Corrections and the New York Police Department. House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy will be asked to reconsider his refusal to testify to the Congressional Committee investigating the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol. That renewal comes nearly a week after a leaked audio revealed that McCarthy considered urging then-President Donald Trump to resign after the riot. McCarthy can be heard telling his Republican colleagues to stop attacking other House members by name. Tension is too high. The country is too crazy. I do not want to look back and think we caused something or we missed something and someone got hurt. Um, I don't want to play politics with any of that. The audio tapes were released by the New York Times and were recorded in the days after the attack on the Capitol. SpaceX Crew 4 launched from the Florida Kennedy Space Center this morning. Liftoff, go Falcon, but Freedom Ring, Godspeed Crew 4. NASA says the four crew members are heading to the International Space Station. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, Michael. 
609 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stasha. Thanks, Nathan. It was late in the baseball offseason. The Yankees cut the deal to bring back Anthony Rizzo. Happy they did. Rizzo with eight home runs. Leads the majors. His first career three-home run game at the stadium. Three-run homer in the third inning. Two-run shot in the fifth. Solo blast in the eighth. The Yankees beat the Orioles 12-8. to eight. Aaron Judge also homer. Joey Gallo with his first of the season. Three-run triple for Glaber Torres. And the Yankees have won four in a row. They've scored 22 runs in their last two games. The Mets keep winning with outstanding pitching. This time, Chris Bassett, 3 nothing. Met win in St. Louis. Cardinals had just three hits, and the Mets are 14-5. and Go for the sweep this afternoon. The Rangers will not be hoisting a Metropolitan Division Championship banner at the Garden. Carolina held on to win 4-3 to clinch. So the Rangers will finish in second place. We'll play either Pittsburgh or Washington next week in the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs. NBA playoffs, three wins by the home teams. Miami to finish the series with Atlanta. Phoenix beat New Orleans and Memphis came from way back. Beat Minnesota on a John Moran layup with a second to go. The Suns and Grizzlies have 3-2 series leads. NFL draft starts tomorrow. The Giants pick fifth and seventh. It would be a shock if their new GM, Joe Shane, did not, with one of the two picks, take an offensive line. If you want to build it up both sides of the ball, build it up front, you know, offensive line, you know, that's, that's very important. And, you know, to get our best version of Saquon, Daniel, you know, the entire offense, that to your point, that's going to be very important, you know, to get that right, whether it's running the ball or pass protection. So, um that, that will definitely be a priority. The Jets in the first round pick fourth and tenth. John Stash Bloomberg Sports. Thank you. Okay, John, thank you. Right now, S&P futures are higher by 43 points after yesterday's big sell-off. Dow futures up 390. NASDAQ futures are higher by 135 points. Ten-year treasury is down 14, 30 seconds. The yield, 2.77%. Yield on the two-year, 2.57%. Just ahead, Elon Musk's $44 billion bid on the future of free speech. A Bloomberg Quick Take with Bloomberg Quick Take's Alex Webb. Just ahead. Bloomberg 1130 weather, mix of sun and clouds, breezy today with a high near 55. Mid-50s, mostly sunny, breezy tomorrow. We'll be near 60 with lots of Friday sunshine. Right now, 48 degrees. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow, and stocks are rising alongside U.S. stock index futures as dip buyers emerge to take advantage of the lowest levels in six weeks, putting their faith in the power of earnings to keep global equities aloft. Check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg with S&P futures up about 42 points, Dow futures up 377, NASDAQ futures up 131, the DAX in Germany is up half percent. Ten-year Treasury down 13.30 seconds, yield 2.77 percent, a yield on the two-year 2.57 percent. NYMEX crude oil is up 8 tenths percent or 79 cents at $102.49 a barrel. COMEX gold down 4 tenths percent or $8 at $18.96.10 an ounce. The euro 1.0608 against the dollar. British pound 1.2581 and the yen 127.92. Bitcoin this morning up 2.4 percent. It's at $39,025. That's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Darren, thank you very much. Russia has opened a new front in its war over Ukraine, deciding to shut off gas to two European Union nations that staunchly back Kiev, Poland, and Bulgaria. It comes after the United States and Western allies vowed to send more military supplies to Ukraine. Vice President Kamala Harris has tested positive for COVID. 
Harris's office says after consulting with doctors, she is now taking Pfizer's antiviral pill, Plaxovip. In baseball, the Yankees beat the Orioles 12-3. The Mets won. The Nationals and Red Sox lost. The Giants beat the A's 8-2. In the NHL, the Rangers lost to the Hurricanes. Carolina clinched the Metropolitan Division. The Islanders beat the Capitals 4-1. The Devils lost. The Bruins won, clinching a playoff spot. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. This is The Big Take, the best of Bloomberg's in-depth original reporting from around the globe. This is a really fast-moving story. It's caused a lot of outrage among investors. This is so fascinating. The market shut down in a way it's never done before. That's going to have consequences for years to come. The Big Take on Bloomberg Radio. Coming up to 620 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak. And our big take this morning is on Elon Musk's huge bid for Twitter, the $44 billion leveraged buyout. It may be about more than simply owning a piece of social media. It could chart the course for the future of free speech. For more on this, Alex Webb is back with us, Bloomberg Quick Take correspondent and tech columnist for Bloomberg Opinion. Alex, uh, good to have you back on. And this really comes down to what's been sort of the long-standing debate over social media and the idea of free speech, you know, government versus private sector. And now Elon Musk is right in the middle of it. It has always been a puzzling thing, this sort of obsession with in, in, you know, heavily inverted commas, commas censorship, that uh, this outcry whenever a Facebook or a Twitter or another social media platform takes down a piece of content that a particular uh, quarter of society is in favor of retaining. But of course, private companies have no obligations as far as free speech is concerned. They have more obligations in terms of protecting um, their users from harmful speech. And so free speech is something that governments have an obligation towards. They, they commit to that. Governments will not intervene and prevent free speech, but companies can actually do whatever they want. But then there is the question of when Elon Musk or if Elon Musk, if the deal goes through, does take over Twitter, what the content moderation is going to look like. And at least at this point, what Elon Musk is saying is that, you know, he wants to take the the whole idea of content moderation as far as it can go under current law. And I mean, clearly he is making steps towards his vision of free speech absolutism, and that is likely to include reopening the door to Donald Trump and others uh, to uh, have, you know, accounts on the platform again. But the that is something that seems to have ingratiated him, Elon Musk, that is, to, you know, particularly people on Fox News and, and, and others in, in the Trump um, sort of ecosystem. Uh, Tucker Carlson has been outspoken in his support of, uh, of Elon. So has Josh Hawley, the Republican senator from Missouri. There's a lot of stuff happening right now, which Elon might, might be lapping up. But there are limits because there is still regulation, particularly in Europe, in the works, which will make it clear what sort of content you can and cannot permit. So what is illegal content to host on these platforms? And then that raises the question of if European regulators come down hard on Twitter, depending on what Elon Musk decides to do, what would the response be? Does Twitter become more of a national platform in the U.S.? 
It seems highly unlikely. You know, Twitter is a company that cannot really afford to lose users in any meaningful way. It's got something like 180 million daily average users. That is 10% of the daily average users that meta platforms has across Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, and, and, and the Blue app. Europe is clearly quite a big part of that user base on, on Twitter. The bigger challenge it's going to have is can it afford to moderate content in the way that Facebook can? You know, Facebook, well, this year, Twitter has negative free cash flow. Uh, or, sorry, in the most recent year, could have negative free cash flow. It's this year is expected to have $320 million of free cash flow. Now, compare that to Facebook, which throws off, you know, tens of billions of dollars in cash each year. $25 billion is what is expected to, um, to generate in cash. That's even with accelerated spending on things like the metaverse. So it's quite easy for Facebook just to throw more humans at the problem and add more moderators if it's required to by legislative changes in Europe and elsewhere. Not less than a minute left here, but when you think about the idea of losing users depending on where things go, is there a risk that if there's less content moderation that uh, Twitter loses users anyway from people who are upset about the potential changes? Absolutely. That is a distinct risk. We've seen small things around the edges, but we've seen also the gradual decline of Facebook as Facebook has become more sort of uh, less agreeable a place to, to exist. The engagement has massively dropped off. And so Twitter, with even fewer users, that would be a major risk if he gets it wrong. All right, Alex Webb, as always, great getting your thoughts. Alex Webb, Bloomberg Quick Take correspondent, tech columnist for Bloomberg Opinion. You can read much more in the Big Take story this morning in all our Big Takes. NI Big Take Go on the Bloomberg Terminal and Bloomberg.com slash Big Take. S&P futures right now up 40 points. Dow futures up 378. NASDAQ futures up 126 points. Ten-year Treasury right now is down 14.30 seconds. The yield, 2.77%. Yield on the two-year, 2.57%. NYMEX crude up six-tenths percent or 59 cents, $102.29 for a barrel of West Texas Intermediate. Much more to come. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 11.30 weather, mix of sun and clouds today, breezy, high near mid uh, 55 degrees. We'll be in the mid-50s tomorrow with mostly sunny skies and sunshine upper 50s for Friday, currently 48 degrees. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 11.30 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 99.1 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119 and around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. And we are just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers Global Analyst. It helps you find new global investment opportunities to diversify your portfolio and discover undervalued companies that may have greater growth potential. Try IBKR Global Analyst today at ibkr.com slash ga. And up first today, shares of global parent Alphabet. They are down three and a third percent this morning after yesterday's first quarter earnings miss. Mandeep Singh of Bloomberg Intelligent points to slower ad sales and a weak performance by YouTube. The search uh, business continues to outperform here, and uh, that reflects in both their core search and their Google network segment. What has missed is the YouTube uh, segment as well as the Google other where you have the app store revenue. So those were the two that missed. 
Amandeep Singh, a Bloomberg Intelligence, uh, that's who's speaking. Meanwhile, quarterly sales and earnings for Microsoft topped analyst projections. Yesterday, Microsoft is up more than 5% ahead of the bell. Well, later today, Karen, Facebook parent company Meta reports. Bloomberg Intelligence says near-term revenue growth could come in at the low end of expectations. On Wall Street, the S&P and Nasdaq slumped yesterday as stocks begin the day at a six-week low. Elon Musk is feeling the effects of yesterday's sell-off, Karen. We get more on that live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Nathan. Elon Musk's stake in Tesla tumbled by more than $32 billion yesterday after shares plunged 12%. But this kind of volatility is not new for him. Sharp declines have periodically hit Tesla stock over the past two years, and they've been offset by even larger gains. However, this time more is at stake since Musk is planning to buy out Twitter for $44 billion. He can afford it based off of Tuesday's closing price, but now there's less wiggle room. And what if the deal falls through? An SEC filing shows the deal includes a $1 billion breakup fee if either side backs out. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. An update on COVID-19 from the nation's top infectious disease expert, Dr. Anthony Fauci, tells PBS the U.S. is out of the pandemic phase as hospitalizations and deaths drop. Overseas, European gas prices surged to more than 20 percent after Russia stopped natural gas flows to Poland and Bulgaria. Former ambassador to Ukraine, John Herbst, tells Bloomberg's Joe Matthew it comes as Russia struggles to achieve its goals in Ukraine. Russia is losing. I think many smart people in Moscow understand this. I'm not sure that Putin understands this. Former ambassador to Ukraine, John Herb, speaking with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound on airing weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. That's the five things you need to know to start your day. It's now 6.33 on Wall Street. We're at 48 degrees in Central Park, still dealing with that accident. Northbound State Thruway after exit 15A. Now let's bring in Michael Barr for more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. MTA Chairman and CEO Jano Lieber says the chronic problem of fare evasion in subways has prompted a new initiative in New York. Lieber, speaking before the Association for a Better New York's Power Breakfast, said that surging fare evasion threatens our bottom line and also threatens our social norms. Lieber also says it also causes increased crime. He says many criminals enter the subway but not paying fares. House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy will be asked to reconsider his refusal to testify to the Congressional Committee investigating the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol. It comes as there are more recordings of McCarthy four days after the riot. Audio obtained by the New York Times show that Kevin McCarthy is worried that some of his own colleagues, Republican members of Congress, are fueling the violence. McCarthy called out GOP Congressman Matt Gates. Matt Gates said where he's calling people's names out, saying an anti-Trump in this type of uh, atmosphere um, and some of the other places. This is, this is serious stuff people are doing that has to stop. McCarthy says he called Gates to tell him to knock off the incendiary rhetoric. Vice President Kamala Harris has tested positive for COVID-19. The White House says neither President Joe Biden nor First Lady Jill Biden were considered a close contact of Harris in recent days. A new survey shows it's getting even harder for many Americans to achieve a living wage. According to the latest county health rankings, women, particularly those of color, earn 80 cents or less on average for every dollar men earn. Co-director Dr. Sherry Johnson says child care costs are among the challenges that keep many families from getting ahead. On average, a family with two children is paying about 25% of their income on child care expenses. 
the federal government recommends that people spend 7% of their total income on child care expenses. Dr. Johnson wrote in the latest study titled Troubling Issues. Teachers' average salaries have dropped to the lowest in at least a decade. According to the National Education Association, the starting salary for teachers in the U.S. averaged $41,770 for the 2020-21 school year. That's a 4% decrease from the prior year. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. Thanks, Michael. Just about 6.36 on Wall Street. John Stashour has the Bloomberg Sports Update. All right, Nathan, another win to continue this hot start to the Mets season. Not quite the drama of Monday night in St. Louis when they scored five runs with two outs in the ninth inning. This one more routine, 3 nothing over the Cardinals. Chris Bassett with his third win, team with three relievers on a three-hit shutout. So the Mets now 14-5. and Win or lose this afternoon, the Mets have already won the series, so they start the season by winning all six series they've played. That's only happened once before. In franchise history. The stadium Yankees beat the Orioles 12 to 8. Five Yankee home runs, three by Anthony Rizzo, who leads the majors with eight. Capped his first career three home run game going back to back with Aaron Judge in the eighth inning. Joey Gallo hit his first of the season. Labor Torres, a three run triple. Four straight wins for the Yanks. 22 runs scored in the last two games. The manager is Aaron Boone. Making some better swing decisions. Um, you know, guys settling in a little bit and, uh, you know, not always chasing that result, chasing win the pitch, have a good at bat, you know. Um, and, and we're seeing that more now. Earlier in the day, something the Yankees fought against, the release of a letter sent by MLB regarding stealing signs. Back in 2015 and 16, MLB found them. The Yanks illegally made phone calls from the video room to the dugout. It did not, as had been alleged, use net, network cameras, and it was not done in real time, like the Astros scandals with a penalty, a $100,000 fine, nothing like what the Astros got. At the Garden, Carolina clinched the division title, beating the Rangers 4-3. to Chris Kreider in the loss, 52nd goal. NBA playoff home wins from Miami, Memphis, and Phoenix. John Stashel and Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Okay, John, thanks. 637 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks. Some of the names moving in the pre-market with Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Creedy Gupta. A lot of big news, uh, moves, Creedy, for uh, big tech after earnings. Yeah, huge moves. Remember, this was supposed to be the week where tech earnings were going to essentially make or break the entire index. And you kind of, some to some extent, saw that in yesterday's session, the S&P 500 closing down about 2.8%. I wonder how much that they were pricing in these earnings. And here's why. I'm looking at Microsoft shares this morning. MSFT is your ticker, up about 5% in the pre-market. And, of course, we know that this comes after they reported earnings, but they were talking about some of that growth that you're seeing in their cloud services product. I believe a 46% growth. Some analysts saying they were expecting more because if you're posting 46% growth for two quarters in a row, that doesn't exactly show that you're growing at a faster pace. It also doesn't show that you're growing at a slower pace. So there was some questions about how long they can sustain that growth, especially because it's not moving faster and faster. This morning, though, up 5%, so not too shabby, Nathan, but I do also want to hit Alphabet. G-O-O-G is your ticker for, I believe, the Class A share. Shares, uh, mm-hmm. the Class C shares, G-O-O-G-L for Class A shares. Those shares actually down 
3.4%. It tells you a lot here about what you're actually watching from Alphabet. Remember, they came out, they talked about their earnings picture, but they also talked about weak ad spend in Europe. Nathan, this makes sense, right? We're talking about potential recession in Europe, which means a lot of businesses are going to say, well, if we're concerned about staying afloat, we're not exactly going to be spending on marketing. That's one of the first things that goes. They're also talking about YouTube being hit by the TikTok rivalry. Nathan, are you a TikTok kind of guy? No, I have not used TikTok. I, I get a little bit of it uh, for my kids, but uh, I not have no me kids to educate no. me, Nathan, and I have no excuse, um, as, as oh. most people tend to point you gotta out. You got to get on that. I also heard it was addicting. So there's something to TikTok. But uh, anyways, we got to talk about simply how much it's hitting YouTube, right? How many people go on YouTube to watch full, say, 10-minute videos as opposed to going to TikTok. So uh, Alphabet really talking about that pain as well, Nathan. Yeah, it can be addictive just going through the scroll. Let's look at uh, energy, uh, especially with uh, Russia now cutting off uh, Poland and Bulgaria. What's that doing to energy stocks? Well, EQT is the one that I really like to look at here for the pre-market in the United States. This is the largest natural gas producer in the U.S., up about 3%. Remember, the United States does produce a lot of natural gas, doesn't export a lot of natural gas. So as we talk about, can the U.S. make up some of that removed dependence on Russia? EQT are shares that you want to watch right now, up about 3% in the pre-market, Nathan. All right, we'll be watching those as well. Bloomberg Radio TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta looking at stocks as a whole. They are moving higher after the plunge yesterday. We have S&P futures up 40 points, Dow futures up 379, NASDAQ futures up 127 points, so making back some of those losses. Ten-year Treasury is down 12.30 seconds. The yield, 2.76%, and the yield on the two-year, 255. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather mix of sun and clouds breezy today mid 50s. We'll get near 55 tomorrow as well with a breeze. Sunny upper 50s, maybe 60 by Friday. Right now, 48 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Futures are higher this morning. We go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. Here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. Hey, good morning, Ken. That's right. U.S. futures are bouncing after yesterday's plunge with Dow futures up 334 points. SBs gained 35. Well, NASDAQ futures are higher by 104. The U.S. 10 yield at 2.77%. Gold is down 9. Oil is in the green. And Bitcoin is higher by 2.5%. Japan dropped 1.2% overnight, while European markets are also in the green this morning. And back in the U.S. on the economic front at 8.30, wholesale inventories and at 10 o'clock, pending home sales. After the bellest night, GM profit topped estimates. Alphabet revenue missed estimates on YouTube and European ads. And Microsoft reported shares are up 5% in the pre-market. In deal news, people familiar said that Mattel held talks with buyout firms. And wrapping things up, Avery Dennison was raised to overweight at J.P. Morgan. Halbert raised to buy over at HSBC. Live from the First of Breaking News Desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thank you. And to hear live breaking news of your Bloomberg type squawk on your terminal, SQUAWK. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. Russia's Gazprom says it has halted gas flows to Poland and Bulgaria. Russia says it will keep the supplies turned off until the two countries agree to Moscow's demand to pay for the fuel in rubles.
Vice President Kamala Harris has tested positive for COVID. Health experts say more than half the country has had the virus at some point in the last two years. In MLB, the Yankees beat the Orioles 12-3. Also in baseball, the Mets won. The Nationals and Red Sox lost. The Giants beat the A's 8-2. In the NHL, the Rangers lost to the Hurricanes. Carolina clinched the Metropolitan Division. The Islanders beat the Capitals 4-1. The Devils lost. The Bruins won, clinching a playoff spot. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Karen. All right, Michael Barr, thank you. It is 6.49 on Wall Street, and we turn to news and science and technology now. With the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report, it is brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology. NJIT offers New Jersey's first undergraduate degree in fintech, tech-driven, finance-focused. Learn more at njit.edu slash fintech. Now, here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. Norway is tops when it comes to normalizing life alongside the coronavirus, while Hong Kong and mainland China are among the worst. That's according to the Bloomberg COVID Resilience Ranking for April. Norway is followed by Ireland and the UAE for places where the pandemic is being handled best. The U.S. fell six spots to number 23. The U.K. is down two spots to number 12, both due to the number of fatalities. In China, there are signs that authorities are starting to bring two major coronavirus outbreaks under control. Shanghai has hinted that lockdown measures may be eased as infections drop to a three-week low. In Beijing, the number of cases has stabilized. And finally... SpaceX launched four astronauts to the International Space Station for NASA earlier this morning, less than two days after completing a flight chartered by millionaires. It's the first NASA crew comprised equally of men and women. The astronauts were due to arrive at the space station Wednesday night, 16 hours after their pre-dawn liftoff from Kennedy Space Center. They'll spend five months at the orbiting lab. And that's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. Always so cool to see those pre-dawn launches. Thank you, Karen. We are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, where it's almost 6.51 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include Vice President Kamala Harris resting and taking Paxlovid after a COVID-positive test. House Leader Kevin McCarthy to be asked again to go before the January 6th committee. And Lyle Brainerd confirmed as Fed Vice Chair, while other nominees have to wait. Bloomberg Government reporter Emily Wilkins has more on all these stories. Joins us live from Washington, D.C. Emily, good morning. This COVID diagnosis for Vice President Harris, while she says she's doing well, it's a big deal in terms of policy. It, it absolutely is, Nathan. And I mean, you can take a couple different of, uh, angles on this. I mean, number one, you've got the vice president who is part of this administration pushing for additional treatments and additional funding, who is now taking uh, this uh, uh, Pavlax COVID-19 therapy pill after testing positive. Um, it's kind of just kind of shows the, the full circle and just how pervasive COVID is at this point. The fact that we've seen so many top politicians, obviously, uh, Vice President Harris is, is the highest ranking, but also those like uh, Attorney Attorney General Merrick Garland, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, uh, coming down and testing positive with COVID. Um, and it's also impacting the Senate and how the Senate is voting on things. Remember, it's a 50-50 Senate. That means that if Democrats need someone to put them over the top, Harris has to be called in. And obviously, she cannot do that while she is testing positive for COVID. 
And it is interesting as well that the White House says that uh, Vice President Harris is not considered a close contact to President Biden after this diagnosis. But is the president changing his routine at all, given how close now, at least in terms of the line of succession, COVID has gotten? Uh, we haven't seen any major changes from the president yet. And one of the reasons that she hasn't been considered a close contact is because she did spend the week before in her home state of California, not not in D.C. Um, but we'll see. I mean, this week, uh, remember, the, one of the last times we saw a big breakout in D.C. was after there was a fancy uh, white tie dinner. And, of course, there's the also pretty fancy black tie White House Correspondents Association dinner that's supposed to be held on Saturday. Biden is supposed to be attending. I think there's a lot of people who are going to be keeping an eye out to see if he winds up uh, changing his plans on that. Yeah, and uh, I understand we have a funeral coming up just today for the late former Secretary of State Madeleine Albright that the president's expected to attend as well. So we'll be watching that uh, very closely. Of course, the other big developing story on Capitol Hill continues to be uh, the tapes with House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy and now the January 6th committees uh, talking more about that. Yes, uh, we did hear from the chair of the January 6th committee who said that they will likely issue another invite for McCarthy to come to speak to members and to talk about and answer questions about January 6th. Now, McCarthy already received an invitation from the committee to come to talk. He said that he would not be doing so, but interest is renewed after uh, the New York Times leaked this McCarthy that leaked this recording of McCarthy saying that he considered urging, uh, Donald Trump to resign. This is right after the insurrection while Trump was still president. Um, and we're hearing some more recordings of McCarthy talking about concerns now about individual members and the roles that they might have played in January 6th. So certainly a high interest from the committee to speak with him, although, Nathan, uh, unlikely that McCarthy is going to be taking the committee up on their offer and appearing in front of them. No, that raises the possibility potentially of a subpoena. I mean, is that something that the committee's talking about right now? There hasn't been a decision made on that yet, but you're absolutely right, Nathan. I mean, when we've seen high-profile figures uh, not come before the January 6th committee, they have not been afraid to use subpoena power. That would be uh, very, uh, quite an interesting um, thing to see uh, is the House voting on whether to subpoena the top Republican and, and likely, to a certain extent, the next Speaker of the House, depending if Republicans do well this November. How is this tape affecting McCarthy's chances to become the next House Republican leader, potentially House Speaker? Is this affecting him politically with his own members? You know, the initial tape didn't seem to have too much of a blowback. Initially, there was some thought that it would, but then McCarthy talked to Trump. And then he went around calling members and saying, hey, you know, Trump is, you know, overall pleased because I did not ask him to resign and everything's fine and we don't have any problems. And members seem to accept that. But then last night, this next recording from The New York Times dropped. And in this one, you really see McCarthy raising concerns and naming individual members. And we're going to see today, I mean, that recording came out a little bit later in the evening. Some Republicans who I spoke with yesterday said they hadn't seen it yet. And so I I think at this point, Republicans will be meeting this morning. Um, And if there's a concern that's going to come up or if there's a message that McCarthy's going to have to defend himself, that's that's the point where we're going to see uh, exactly how much concern there is among the Republican conference. 
our last minute here, Emily, at least one now of uh, President Biden's Fed nominees is confirmed. Yes, Lael Brainerd passed the Senate yesterday to be confirmed. Uh, she won four Republicans as well as the support of what Democrats were there. Uh, but plans to do the other nominees, including the nomination of Lisa Cook, um, have now hit a snafu. I mean, initially, uh, Cook was set to be approved um, by all Democrats. And then uh, Vice President Harris would have, in theory, put that vote over the top. However, with two uh, t- Senate Democrats testing positive, Positive for COVID, with Harris testing positive for COVID, there just wasn't a way for Democrats to get enough support. So they're probably likely going to try again with this nomination once uh, you have members recover from COVID and get back into the chamber. Um, but at this point, it seems like her nomination is being held. And currently, it seems like uh, the nominations for the other two uh, Fed chairs are also being held up until you can potentially get some of those other lawmakers back in the chamber. Thanks, as always, Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins from the nation's capital. Read more about these stories on Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal and listen to Bloomberg Radio in Washington. Bloomberg 99.1 at 105.7 FM HD2. S&P futures up 42 points now. Dow futures up 377. NASDAQ futures higher by 135 points. Bloomberg surveillance next with Tom Keen, Jonathan Farrow, and Lisa Abramowitz. For Karen Moscow... I'm Nathan Hager. This is Bloomberg. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CutterEconomicForum.com.